the future of photography. Hello and welcome to the show where we explore how new technology can help you make fantastic photos. My name is Chris. And my name is Aid. Hi everybody and Happy New Year. Happy ah. New Year again. Again. It's already the 17th. So let's see. We have uh, another interesting topic for today. One little bit of follow-up. Uh, I received an email from Jeffrey, uh, no, from Hugh, telling us about Jeffrey Friedel's Wigglegrams and that goes back to the 3D aspects he writes Chris and Aid I just finished listening to episode 4 where you talk about animating images I wonder if you had heard about what Jeff Friedel is doing sometimes on his blog with his Wigglegrams okay before I continue Aid do you have any <laughs> idea what a Wigglegram is <laughs> um, I didn't <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have I do have a, a little bit of an ocean now, having fo followed these links uh, when, when <laughs> right. Hugh emailed us. So, so, so. The, the email continues. He he takes a series of similar images with a slightly different perspective. Then on the blog, he's got a plugin that lets you pan between them, adding a holographic effect. It's still a bit gimmicky yet, but I think it has some serious potential and and would be interesting to hear your thoughts about it. On the show, here's some links, and he posts a few links to Wigglegram. So, what a Wigglegram is is pretty much a, a, a 3D image that works in 2D. So, imagine someone uh, taking pictures of something, and then you take a picture of something, you move a step to the left or right, take another picture, move a bit further. So, you have a series of I don't know three, four, five pictures, and and if you would make them into a little movie, you'd be moving, you'd, you'd, you'd see the parallax shift and that gives you the distinct 3D feeling in it, which comes pretty much only from the from the motion. You're not actually doing any real 3D here. And what uh, Jeffrey Friedel, who's, who's a guy who does Lightroom plugins, that's what I know him for. Um, what he does is he has this little plugin for his website where you can put the sequence of pictures um, you, you throw that sequence in and then when you move the mouse over the picture, you get this left to right panning action. And it does give you a very distinct 3D feeling because you have the parallax shift in there. Um, but it's not real 3D and it, it requires this kind of a, a plug-in to work. I have seen other other ways to do that which were more on the... Uh, animated GIF side, you know, you'd, you'd have a, a GIF uh, a swapping two photos in rapid succession, and those are slightly from two different perspectives, and you get this this constantly moving left to right moving picture that gives you a three D thing. But I and those are, those have been around for a long time, but I don't think it's um, it's something that we'll be actually uh, seeing anywhere in technology anytime soon because it is gimmicky. No. Yeah, it's it's it, the the uh, I, I like these wiggle grams. <laughs> it, it do you know what it, it if uh, what it reminds me with. of 
They are fun to play with. It reminds me of of the bullet time from the Matrix movies, which is pre- um, pretty much the way this the bullet time works, right? Yeah, it is. Although, of course, they do that with lots of lots of cameras. Um, if you can imagine somebody trying to create a bullet time effect, but doing it with handheld <laughs> and with one camera, right. just moving a little bit, taking the next one, moving a little bit, taking the next one. Um, and uh, but I think one what I would say about these links that Hewer sent us is that Jeffrey has clearly chosen his composition with a lot of thought um, because in order to get that 3D effect he's he's made sure that he's got quite a lot of layers in his composition so there's always something in in the very close foreground then a then a then a, a medium ground then a background and actually he's probably working in about five separate layers of of composition well, which the, really enhances the effect but it's just in the composition he's not doing anything to the photo other than taking it so so you have this 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 was pretty much emphasizes the parallax shift here close things move much closer and things far away move much less yes i quite like it i think it's nice it's it's fun it's it but but it it does rely on this uh on this plugin on the website and it reminds me a bit of the Lytro um camera that used to have this plugin where you had where we could refocus on a website but you were always kind of um dependent on that plugin so it's a cool mm. effect and we're yep. going to link those in uh, definitely link link to those in the show notes so you can have a look yourself but that's not the topic of today we want to talk about okay here's here's a mouthful unsupervised image to image translation networks <laughs> say Did that you again unsupervised <laughs> image to image translation networks no, I still got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and, okay, so um, let's let's say you're a filmmaker, and you have uh, you have problems by uh, or, or challenges to make your film within budget, and stuff that takes a lot out of the budget is well, set making, for example, um, changing of locations. Let's say you need. Um, you need a night a night scene when it's raining, but you're shooting this in California in summer. <laughs> this is going to take you back to the the, the westerns of the 1960s, isn't it? You know, Clint Eastwood and uh, Eli Wallach and Lee Van Cleef, you know, all, all pretending they're having a shootout at dusk, and they've got really really sharp shadows, but it's just <laughs> underexposed. <laughs> that's that that is what is day for night shooting. That's uh, that's one technique, but the other, of course, is um, what do you do if you need a wet road? You do in the film. Film people call this a wet down. You pretty much have ah uh, yes. Hoses. Where they get it. They get it. They hose the. They hose the street. They hose the street. They get the nice reflections in there. You, you, it just adds a lot to the atmosphere. Um, but that's expensive. You need, you need people to do this, and if you want to do a night shoot, you need to pay extra for night shifts and stuff. And it it gets expensive pretty quickly. That's one of the reasons those those movies are uh, making movies is millions. Now, what if I could tell you that there is a way to do this just in a computer? What to to make things look wet or dark or well to make something. Thing, things look completely different than they actually are. And yes, of course, you could do CG, you could do computer generated imagery, but this is different. So. What these guys are doing, and when I say these guys, I'm uh, talking about NVIDIA. NVIDIA uh, is known as a maker of uh, graphics cards. Yeah, I mean, that's where I know the name from. Certainly. Right. 
and and they are also <clears throat> they're also big in AI now. They um, a lot of the the machine learning runs on graphics cards, runs on the hardware that also um, does your does your computer graphics because those. Most processors in there are well, are really, are, are really um, optimized for that. And um, companies like, uh, like Tesla, for example, for their for their autonomous driving efforts, um, they use these kind of systems. So there's a lot of artificial intelligence, a lot of machine learning in there. And one way that that can be used is to translate an image into another image. So um, I would like you to open that first link that I put in our. Uh, in our notes. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Yep. So what? Tell, tell what me am what I you see. Tell me what you see. Tell me what you see. I'm seeing four pictures. It's um, two pairs it, of two. That's two pairs of two. Yes. And what it's saying is that um, it says input image and AI generated image. Okay. So these are they 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 both happen to be of of traffic driving along the street but the first one it looks like it's um it's snowy and wintry there's there's snow on the sides of the road uh, there's there's no leaves on the trees and beside it the ai generated image shows summertime so it exactly, shows the exact same scene the exact same <laughs> scene but there are now leaves on the trees and there's a blue sky and all the snow at the side of the road has gone and been replaced by green grass and the sky's blue and the and the road yeah. is is dry and but it's, yeah. it is the same scene so an ai some ai has translated that winter image into a summer image okay um, and then the second pair is uh is is input of a a sunny image so again it's a, it's a, a a point of view shot taken from the dashboard of a of a vehicle um, driving along a road, you know, nice sort of turquoisey blue sky, very sunny, lots of um, hard shadows. Um, and then the AI has turned it into a rainy scene. So it's done that wet down thing you were just talking about. The road is wet. There are reflections off it. The sky is... And it looks pretty convincing, doesn't completely it? Completely overcast. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it, it looks very convincing, actually. So what these guys are doing is they are... Um, they, they have worked on a way to translate images into other images. And it is astounding if you look at it. Now, it's not in the product. It's still on the research stage. But um, let's let's go further down that path because there are other, uh, other uh, examples there. Uh, if you click on that second, the, the third link in our document, um, that's uh, the second YouTube link there. Um, they are translating for example dog breeds into other dog breeds so they have dog breeds into <laughs> they, have, they have pictures of corgis and they translate those into german shepherds okay just start uh, the video you you'll start see the video start the video i should mute the video as well shouldn't i okay german shepherd to corgi this is going to be a bit unnerving it is unnerving, um, especially uh, when when they go down. It's happening the, really slowly as well. Well, it's it's all different examples. Um, there's there's uh, also like a corgi to an old English sheepdog, which looks very different, and those results are quite convincing and very okay, so, very scary. Yes. That is. <laughs> 
<laughs> some of them are hilarious actually sorry i've gone quiet which is not great for recording a podcast i know but i've sort of got sucked into this strange youtube well, I, video you're making me watch and i have made a point in uh, in you not preparing for this one so we could have a genuine reaction on the podcast yeah that's kind of okay, okay so so it that that's quite uh it's very interesting um uh, it's it's uh, especially yeah wow i mean it's i think the 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 only thing it seems to be having difficulty with is where the input image is the old english sheepdog because you can't see the dog's eyes or its face and so it's it's so having it to invent up, yeah. stuff it's having to invent stuff but um all the other transformations are quite um now these are these are all still images um and by the way everyone who listens to this the all those links are in the show notes you can you can play along if you want to um there's another youtube link in our document the first youtube link which goes back to the summer winter translation of the cars because what they did of course is they didn't stop at still images they made this with video so you can see that being applied to a video and that, that's quite astonishing that isn't it isn't it <laughs> it is um Yes, I mean yes. Th th those are not the best resolution. They are um, there are some artifacts that you can see, but it is clearly on a trajectory to becoming better and better. So they have uh, to summarize. They have come up with a way to, and and they call it unsupervised image to image translation. So they they've come up with a way to input something and output something else without. A lot of hand-holding. Without, without human intervention. I guess the unsupervised bit means I they're not doing manual is, yeah. bits. They're, it's actually happening automagically. And they and they use something what from a machine learning uh, term or point of view. It's called the GAN, a gener gener generative adversarial network. Adversarial network, which is pretty much you, you, you have two networks. Um, one trying to become better and the other trying to fool it. And uh, you you pretty much have these two networks train each other. The one is trying to foil the other's attempts, and the other one is thus getting better. And they have uh, yeah. So I've not, I've I've not I'm certainly no expert in this area, but I have heard of that term before. Actually, it's quite I, th I think it's quite a a well established approach for machine learning, isn't it? To get them almost basically to compete. Right, and this is this is how uh, the the computer who beat the best people playing Go. Uh, was trained. This is how a computer just recently, or a, an artificial, uh, a machine learning network recently trained itself um, to play chess within four hours. Wow. From, okay. from watching games, not even from knowing the rules. So, it, it, yeah. So it is, it is, um, and not just to play chess, but to beat the best. So, Okay, so so let, I'm I'm going to call you out on this one just at a moment and say I don't need to change a picture of a German Shepherd into a corgi. Well, and <laughs> so, that's which brings us to our standard question, doesn't it? Yeah, what does this mean for the future of photography? And of course, I from a from a perspective of filmmaker, I see a lot of possibilities here. Filmmaking is uh, um, you, you remember episode two? We talked about depth, where newer technologies can now see the depth in the picture and you won't need any green screen anymore in the future yes. because they can just swap the background because the camera knows where the background is from from its depth and so that will save money in the long run that make that'll make um filmmaking 
well easier in some respects um of course i can see that especially for moving pictures because i think you know the, the way that that we consume moving pictures is different isn't it from the way that we consume still pictures because the moving picture um uh, to put it bluntly you can get away with a lot more in a moving picture so some technology like this which may be fuzzy around the edges let's say um in its conversion and make occasionally make you know small errors um actually you would notice those a lot less in a video or a film wouldn't you than you would do on a still image where the way that you consume it is to look at it and to study it i hope i hope that uh that, that it works this way um but it is it is it's is <laughs> You're starting to sound nervous there so well, we've started this we've started this marvelous podcast about the future of photography and all of a sudden you're sounding nervous <laughs> i am i am because i mean okay so so let, let's look at the advantages the possible advantages first and that is filmmaking will be um there will be more more possibilities in there um the the, the image to image translation of course is um just just imagine you're using a stunt double for some dangerous stuff and you won't have to well you you know how they use stunt doubles and they never show their faces because then that would ruin the illusion they put a wig on them and uh, write clothes on them and then they just don't show their faces yeah um you could just do a face swap for a stunt double now you can translate one face into another that's the technology that would make that possible um so you can put the actor's face on the on the stunt double which is being done these days with a lot of effort frame by frame and now that's a technology that makes that easier so there are possibilities there will be um, possibilities to fix images after the fact like you take a picture <laughs> on your vacation and it's it was rainy but it was somewhere in the in the caribbean so <laughs> you go okay let's let's dial the sunset up let's make this make the roads dry let's make those palm trees look sunny and nice so it's, it's certainly is a tool for art. I, I mean, it, I, it, yeah, that those possibilities are quite interesting, aren't they? As a tool for, I can I can imagine, yeah. Once we go through the bit where we stop putting, you know, bunny ears on everybody, um, you know, I can imagine this to be quite a subtle tool. <laughs> the bunny ears and everybody is that is that like the uh, what did we have when when smartphones were new fart apps everywhere <laughs> is this the equivalent to the fart it app? is what do you not have any of these there's one which uh there's there's one i have on my phone uh, which my kids app? love no don't <laughs> oh grow up you child <laughs> no a, a, a face swapping app oh, or, that. or yes, a, yes, an yes. augmentation app let's say it's not face swapping I, I actually do it does do one. face swapping it does do face so the app I, I yeah i think there are tons of these and i think i think maybe the trend might have started with snapchat i don't know i don't know that for sure but there are now tons of apps out there where you can have both of you in selfie mode and it will swap your faces or it will make one of you into a devil and the other into an angel or something yeah that that kind of thing or make you both into bunny rabbits you know it, it's it's that sort of thing so that, i mean that's hardly subtle is it um but it's hardly but, subtle it looks it uh, i mean it wouldn't stand uh, any any serious scrutiny no it's a cartoon thing right yes. now but i can see that once we get through the the phase where we want to do stuff like that some of these tools could be really quite subtle you could imagine um it, almost in the way that a colorist might work today you could do i don't know weather correction like you would do color correction weather you know. cor oh wow yeah that's okay so do you so, see what i mean so it's a I, being a colorist is a really being a colorist on a movie or a tv is, is a really skilled technical and artistic job isn't it oh yes 
Um, and and in in my explorations into the world of fixing color, I, I I quite quickly learned that I'm terrible at it. But the uh, but imagine if yeah, so you you could have somebody fixing clouds. So just just fixing... imagine in in a future in a future incarnation of Lightroom, you'd have instead of the well, in addition to the color correction brushes, you'd have a brush that would paint in dry where it's wet. That would paint in clouds where it's not cloudy yeah oh i've got another one as well do you have you ever have you ever seen um uh the, a tv show or a movie being filmed uh where it's, a, it's a, i was going to say a period drama but i don't mean from hundreds of years ago i mean like a cop show set in the 70s or something like that mm -hmm. um when i was in new york last year we came across this shoot um and and it must have been set in the 70s because they had vehicles from the 60s and the 70s the so streets like, of san francisco <laughs> well, possibly why they, I, I watched this when i was young why would they film that in new york but yeah oh okay okay sorry <laughs> but the, but the um but the, there were people they clearly are, are they uh maintain a, a register of people with these assets essentially mm -hmm. so imagine you've you've got a classic car you know i don't know like a a, a muscle car from the 70s or something and you've you've had it you know um fully restored and it's your pride and joy and then somebody rings you up and says come and be in a tv show with your car i mean that's going to be quite good fun isn't it but yeah with this sort of technology you could just do that you you could just switch it couldn't you i say, say i want my you know i, I want my f <sighs> small 1980s hatchback to be uh, a brand spanking new Porsche or something like that. Oh, <laughs> and you could you, you could just replace the vehicle. They're already doing that. Do they? They're already doing that. And there's there's a company. I, okay, I did not research that part, but it just uh, popped into my mind that there is a, co a company that has uh, like a, a, a special car that is um, it's a regular car that you can drive. And it has... I don't know, markers on it or something. So you would film this and then run it through a specific software and that could put a skin of any car on that car. So it could, oh, it could reskin the car in a movie and make it into any other car. Like they did with Gollum. It's exactly, exactly. Like, like, they, like you see actors having these uh, motion suits on with little dots on them and then you would replace that with the actual dragon or Gollum or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I mean, uh, what's the fellow's name? Andy Serkis, I think, is his name. The fellow who played Gollum and has done lots of other things mm -hmm. like that. I mean, he's he he's one of the world leaders in in that kind of acting and movement, isn't it? Which is a craft all in its own. Right. Um, so. Now, of course, um, the, with all the with all the new possibilities, also comes responsibility. And I, no. I see, of course, <laughs> I see a few dangers here. And one is, and I think that's that's the main one for me is, um, it it erodes our trust in images. You know how? Uh, if I look at a photo, and most most of the time, a photo gets me to say "Wow," not only if it's a photo that looks awesome, but if I understand how how it was made how much effort went into it how much skill went into it mm, you appreciate the craft as well as the output I, exactly that's that's what i was trying to say um the the, the skill the craft the uh, the the danger the photographer put themselves in even though sometimes that's stupid but it, <laughs> yeah there's been a lot of that recently uh, and i and i 
eye and I, I don't know if this comes from me being a professional photographer and kind of knowing the how the sausage is made but it is one of those areas where if it's only an amazing photo and i i will appreciate it more if i if i understand that there was what, what went into it and if um pulling a few sliders is all that is that it takes to to make this into an amazing picture then it will certainly change my approach to the picture or my appreciation for the picture yeah and it, so so we've talked we talked about this uh well even even actually the 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 last show when we were talking about the the philosophy of of computational photography yeah. when when does it become you know not not the artist but the the algorithm that has created the image and and in as an extension of that it will not just erode my trust in images it will also erode my trust in the image makers because now it might be harder to tell if someone just clicked a button and made it better so do you okay so let's let's explore this just a little bit um uh because there is a definite there is a for me personally there is a definite difference mm -hmm. between an image i need to trust and an image i can just appreciate for the art so let's have a um what would you what who would i pick gregory crudson right do you know the work of gregory crudson no but i'm looking it up right now okay uh, c r e w d s o n i think crudson I so he him, he yes. has established himself as as a as a photographic artist who works um, often oh, I know these very photos, much yes. very much like a movie director yes so his 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 scenes are entirely constructed um and and you know he does act um like a, a director of photography but blended with a movie director themselves so he is setting the scene he's telling people how to stand he's got lights everywhere you know oh, those, and those pictures are are highly artistic and i just looking at them they do not look like a snapshot for sure. They are no, no, they're not. They, they you, look constructed. You, they look like they are works of art. Yes. If if you search for him, I, I suspect probably if you did a search for him on YouTube rather than somewhere else, you'd get some behind the scenes videos. How he made this image. How he made that image. I've seen. I those did before. see one of those. I did watch one of those a while ago. Yes. Um, and so, so for me, uh, yeah, I do. I do. I need to trust that. To, to to appreciate appreciate it no but if it's something that well, i'm looking at on the news i think you know then i'd want to be able to trust documentary photography and and you know current affairs and news definitely but but watching okay i remember i've seen a, a documentary a short one about uh how he set up one of these photos and it's it, like he's working with an entire crew like a film director yeah yeah and, absolutely yeah and uh it, it and and the result is this body of work where you understand that it's not just a photo. It's not just a photo where he said, oh, yeah, you stand here and put a light here and that's it. There is a lot of effort and planning and execution in that. So, again, it triggers my appreciation for the process, for the person, um, for the vision to do it. Um, so... I do not want to trust those pictures because I know they are not to be trusted, but I do appreciate what goes into into those pictures, and I'm I'm not sure if that is, uh, yeah, if if that is is something that everyone will see this way because I I certainly understand better what goes into that than 
a layperson who doesn't who doesn't really yeah know so how the to risk the risk is maybe societal um you know by by which i mean you know if we end up with a uh, a society that either trusts in images when they shouldn't do or or loses all trust in images then you know uh, that that could be quite damaging i guess hmm Yeah, that's well, a bit scary. That's a bit scary, but not quite as scary as the last link that you've put in our show notes, which which might give us an NSFW tag. I not. suspect it might. No, yes, it might I'm not. not sure that I'm. I'm not sure that I'm brave enough to click on it. Well, actually. you you can, you can. It it includes. Okay, the link includes the word porn, and it is uh, about AI assisted fake porn. What some people <laughs> now have done is this. with the face swap technology. Um, and they, the article is safe. There is no nudity in there. But oh, okay. it, it explains that there is now s uh, people starting to use that technology to put faces of well-known people on different bodies. Right. And I, I'll, I'll leave this to the imagination of the listener. What that could mean in that field, we know that porn has driven a lot of a lot of innovation in the past. So um, yeah, let's just leave it at that, and uh, well, think about it. Unsupervised image to image translation networks. What that means for you? Okay, that was it for episode eleven, and uh, we'll be back. Next and congratulations on shoehorning the first ever porn reference into the future of photography. Ah, yeah, I've worked hard on that. Okay. <laughs> Truly, Adrian, you are exploring the boundaries. <laughs> see you again next week. Take, Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, oh, wait. And before we leave, before we leave for the, uh, well, <laughs> to retreat, um, I just wanted to remind you that there is a TFOP day at the Future of Photography Day. Well, it's, it's not there yet, but we want you to let us know if you would be interested in a meeting somewhere in the uk uh like a listener meeting kind of thing um, yeah listener meeting uh chance to record a live show maybe maybe live show maybe do a photo walk together there, there are lots of different possibilities and we would like to know well first of all would you like to do this do you have a preference where it happens again it's going to be the uk for now um then um Yeah, give, give us ideas what you kind of activities you'd like to see there. And the place to do that is in the show notes, of course, at tfttf.com slash tfopday, T-F-O-P-D-A-Y, tfttf.com slash tfopday. There's a form that you can fill out to signal your interest and that will help us Yeah, do get a better idea if that is something that you guys would be interested in. Yeah, in I hope people all. are, because I'm, I'm looking forward to playing with all the toys that they'll bring with them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that will be one thing, a toy swap kind of thing. Uh, definitely, the, it, it, is, it is, after all, the future of photography. So that is the thing that we we're asking you to fill out and let us know about. And now, finally, bye now. Bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 